ladies and gentlemen, to the Do We Love It podcast. This is your host, Dr. Waterwood Lemon, recording live from the Gen A studios. Uh, it is not tonight. It is actually this morning, uh, 5.43 a.m. Uh, it feels like night, though, because it's pitch dark. Um, wearing a robe driving in the Jedi Studios. Not too many people on the road. Kind of eerie. I like it. Um, Alright. Let's get into it. So, we had a... It's kind of rivalry week. We had a war of words. Of words. War of words. With fellow listeners. Uh, we had write-ins both positively and negatively. Uh, Dr. Hay coming in hot, classic shock jock move, uh, emailing saying that, uh, the serial episode sucked and that, uh, can't be given Louise too much airtime. Um, did not like that, that EP. And then, on the other hand, we had Hall of Fame fan, world-class fan, number one fan, Allie Richardson write in to say that she enjoyed the discussion on Serial so much so, she took it upon herself to go out, get a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and eat it without milk to test it out. Um, that's straight up being the change you want to be in the world. That's that's some Gandhi shit right there. So, uh, shout out to Allie Richardson. Appreciate the support. Uh, I'm her number one fan of her being a fan. So, I'm a fan of a fan. Boom. Um... And, uh, I think we just put Dr. K in a body bag right there. So, glad that that's settled. Moving on. Um, do we love getting our shoes repaired? So, this put me in an absolute mental pretzel. I got my shoes repaired last year. First time I've ever done it. Uh, I have this pair of dress shoes. They're they're pretty nice. They are fries, um, so it's like good leather. I wear them pretty regularly. They're broken in, um, and actually, based on our podcast uh, interviewing Chris Angelini of American Benchcraft back in November, when he talked. Actually, that might have been December. No. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I think November. Doesn't feel that long ago. No, maybe it was... I think it was June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, only like two months ago. Three months ago. So when we spoke with Chris Angelini of American Benchcraft, who is a entrepreneur and owner of a leather uh, company where they make belts... Uh, wallets, things of that nature, check them out. 
uh, he discussed the quality of good leather and how it's built to last. So, if you recall, basically leather can last forever. And the longer you have it, the more it breaks in, and it's almost like it's, it's almost the better it gets. So, I have a nice pair of leather shoes, and so obviously you want to take care of them. Take them to the shoe repair shop. Now, I should have been a little weary of this, because uh, I initially searched cobbler, which got me pretty fired up, because I've never had to search cobbler before. And I've called, I've kind of always wanted one. Like, that's a good guy to have. Like, I'm a guy's guy. Like, I like having guys. Um, I would love to have a, a cobbler who's my guy. Unfortunately, it's not, it's not an emerging market these days. Um, surprisingly, it was tough to find a cobbler that was close by. A lot of shoe repair, but not cobblers. Um, so that's a red flag right there. And mind you, I'm, I'm very new to the cobbling shoe repair game, so I'm sure there's a lot of uh, a lot of you veterans out there shaking your head like, guy, you need a guy. What are you doing, guy? And I get it. Um, lessons learned. So I went to a dry cleaning store that offers shoe repair, and I think they outsource it. Maybe they have a cobbler. But I could also see, like, if you're a cobbler, you're definitely not good at marketing yourself. There's no chance you can be a cobbler and have a website. There's a high probability you don't use the internet. And I think if you are a career-long cobbler, there's a good chance you're just immediately 80 years old. And you live, like, 80 years, but you're always 80 years old. And you just have mad wisdom. So, obviously, it's hard to find a good cobbler because they don't make it easy to find them. So, this dry cleaner, I think, had a, had a cobbler that was they kept proprietary, so that way they could get the business. And I had never used them for dry cleaning before. Um, I come from a long line of laundry. Uh, great-grandfather was a launderer. Grandfather was a dry cleaner. Uh... Dr. K let the family down and left the business. Um, so, I mean, I, if it wasn't for his mishap, I could have been fourth generation laundry. Anyway, so I have a great deal of respect for the laundry game. Um, that's what uh, the Do We Love It legacy uh, generationally has been built on. And... I went in there, I'm like, okay, uh, I need these shoes fixed, and the guy was like, we're gonna, we're gonna give you the deluxe package, like, these things are worn to shit, you know, we gotta take the whole, the whole soul out, everything, it's like, alright, you know, never done it before, I'm thinking, take it out, put it back in, I think it would last me at least five years, um, and so it's done. So the first day one of these shoes, mad slippery. I'm going down the stairs of my office. I work on the fourth floor. I always take the stairs down. I can't take them up because the door is locked. So 
I'm taking them down in their metal stairs because it's the fire exit. And I slipped. I almost injured myself because there's no traction on the shoes. I looked at the bottom and there's like no nothing. It's just, uh, it's basically just like, I don't know, like cork maybe? I don't, not cork, but something. It's not, there's no rubbery or anything traction-y on there. Uh, so I was like, all right, maybe I just got to like scratch them up. Um, so I tried scratching them up. Uh, and that, and the traction got a little better. And then like month, like four, a piece of the heel just like broke off. So I'm like, what the heck? So then I was like trying to put it back on. I tried to glue it on. I tried to like tape it on. Yeah. I tried to get creative with it. Um, so I found like temporary solutions where it would last like a month or two. And it was always one of those things, like, I got to take it back to my so-called cobbler slash shoe repair shop. Just never did it. And finally, I got around to it. And I bring it back there. And I show, like, the lady what's wrong. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, this was like a, whoever did this was like a, did a pretty bad job. It's like, well, like, you did it. She's like, hmm. I don't think so. I was like, no, like you did. And, uh, so then she searches my information in the system. Nothing comes up. And she's like, yeah, we didn't do this. I was like, no, you did. Like, I don't have a guy like you're, I thought you were my guy. Now I don't think you are. Um, so she's like, well, leave the shoes here. I'll talk to my husband. They own the shop and I'll let you know. She calls me back a day later. Hey, we can fix the shoes. It's gonna be like 30 bucks. I'm like, okay, whatever. You'd think, cause I already paid like 120, like a couple months ago for a completely new pair of shoes, they'd fix it for free, but no. So, I then go to pick up the shoes a week later, once they're complete, and her husband's there, it's like, oh yeah, it's gonna be 50 bucks. I'm like, well, you told me it was 30. He's like, yeah, but we did like a little bit. They were, he's basically was like, they were more messed up than we thought they were. It's like, okay, but it's your fault they're messed up. And he was like, no, I don't think so. I was like, well, whose fault is he? He's like, whoever fixed the shoes. And I was like, but you fixed the shoes. And he's like, no, we didn't. It's like, guy, you did. And Basically, it was just, like, it was kind of difficult because they spoke English as a second language. And like I said, like, you know, got a soft spot for, like, the uh, team laundry. It's like, I'm trying to be nice. And I, it's one of those, like, I don't, like, I don't mind paying for it. But don't tell me I'm, like, crazy on top of it. Like, now I'm paying $170 for a used pair of shoes and you're telling me I'm crazy. Like, it's gotta be one or the other. So, anyway, we agreed to disagree. Um, I got absolutely fleeced, and uh, I was just kinda like, weighing it over my head, like, you know, this customer service kinda sucks, like, who do these, you know, these people don't know what's going on. And then it dawned on me, it's an absolute genius business model. they probably knew exactly what was going on. They knew that they gave a faulty pair of shoes, and then they knew that they 
there weren't any other guys in the area and that I would have to go back there. Because now thinking about it, he was like, oh yeah, new new set of shoes. These will last. These are going to be great. If they break, I'm going to have to go back there. I'm going to complain that they fell apart too quickly. He's going to tell me he never worked on it, but then I'm already going to be there and I don't know where else to go. So I'm just going to get it repaired again. Um, so basically, basically he, he's my guy by force. Um, it's kind of a power move on their part. Uh, so do we love that power move? I mean, I personally don't love it because I'm just getting absolutely smoked. I mean, I prefer to just have shoes that work. Um, but I mean, I'd bring him on board as a business consultant. That's for sure. So case in point, just buy new shoes. Don't get them fixed unless you have a cobbler. Um, I learned the hard way. I hope you can learn from me. And let's see what else we have here. It's been a slow week. I'm not gonna lie, as you can tell by by what's what's been going on. Um, made some overnight oats. Do we love overnight oats? Um, basically, overnight oats. You just take a mason jar, fill it up with some oatmeal. Maybe put some chia seeds in there, some cacao powder, some protein powder. You know, all the powdery stuff. Um, then you pour some water on top, or you pour a little almond milk on top, and you just let it sit and soak overnight. Next day, you got oatmeal. Um, hadn't done it before. It's pretty easy to make. Tasted pretty good. Good source of protein. Um, I'm in. I like it. Uh, good source of fiber. Um, feel like feel like Chuck Mantola would be an overnight oats guy. I know he's like big on. Uh, I think he does like like Cheerios each morning. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm in on overnight oats. Uh, on behalf of Chuck Mantola, he's in on overnight oats. Um, I think he's like a big fiber guy, uh, which I get behind. I'm a fiber guy too. Um, but that's really all we got for this week. Um, if you have any questions you need answered, feel free to write in. We'll get a little jam going out. It's still pitch dark. Uh, the sun will be coming up soon. We will be paddling out in the water. Um, it is cold. Uh, right now it is, uh, 57 degrees. Um, Oh, oh, this is huge. I can't believe I almost missed this. Um, indoor uniform is back. So for you, for you long timers, you know about the indoor uniform. So the indoor uniform is essentially you have a set of clothes that you wear inside your house when you get home particularly in the fall and winter. Uh, and the reason for this is because it's cold. So you come home, and my indoor uniform is uh, my Notre Dame sweatshirt that I got in seventh grade, uh, a pair of fleece pants, and a T-shirt underneath the sweatshirt, and then I wear my slippers. So... The indoor uniform, I don't even put it away. It's just out. 
um, not strewn. I'm not a slob. I am civilized. I am not an animal. Uh, it is up on a, it just sits on a shelf in my closet as opposed to having the sweatshirt hung up. Uh, shout out me just first time in podcast history. We parallel parked while recording. Um, and it was a tight squeeze anyway. So yeah, keep it up on the top shelf. That way I don't have to hang up the sweatshirt each day. I don't have to put the sweatpants back in the drawer. Um, it's great. So if you don't have an indoor uniform, I'm sure you do. You just don't realize it. Uh, but indoor uniform season is officially here. I think it hit on the morning of October 2nd. Uh, the night of October 1st was the first night where I had to sleep with my winter cap on because it got cold. Um, so indoor uniforms are back. Uh, if you have an indoor uniform and would like to share with the program, uh, please let us know if you have what you like to wear, um, any tips you have about the indoor uni. Um, do you wash it? Um, I don't wash mine too much. Um, maybe, you know, once a month. Because uh, the key with the indoor uniform is zero physical activity. Do not work up a sweat in your indoor uniform under any circumstances. It is meant strictly for leisure, um, and you can't leave the house in the indoor uniform. That's why it's called an indoor uniform. Um, indoor Leaving the house in the indoor uniform is the classic telltale sign of how you know winter has gone on too long and you need a vacation. Um, If you find yourself in the grocery store or even going out and grabbing a bite to eat because you're just like, I'm leaving the indoor uni on, you're way too far in the winter, you got to step back, you need to reevaluate. The indoor uniform stays indoors. If you're not active and you don't go outside, you never need to wash it. Um, And it just brings a sense of comfort. Like, you're on your ride home from work, and you're like, wow, shout out me to not burning down the building today. Uh, I am hyped to get home and throw on the indoor uni. So, yeah, indoor uniform season's back. I think we can do better than that. See y'all next week.